Welcome to the Good, the Bad and the Ugly Innovation Podcast. This is where we talk to people with experience in real innovation in the areas of products, services and startups. And they tell us the good, the bad and the ugly of their experiences. This week we have a very exciting guest on a podcast. He is a successful entrepreneur with an international background and is now based in San Francisco. Nicholas Henrichsen was born in Germany and lived in India before going to Stanford Business School. Nicholas got his MBA at Stanford Business School in 2013 and started a company after graduating. He went through the startup accelerator Y Combinator in 2014 and raised 10 million in venture capital. He sold his business to Caravana in 2017. After staying with Caravana for three years, Nicholas left Caravana in June to start with clutch.com. This is a digital platform to refinance car loans. The platform enables car owners to save thousands of dollars in less than a few minutes and from the comfort of their home. We'll also hear a little about about Nicholas's golf career and his taste in music. The podcast is sponsored by Natser Digital Onboarding, www.natser.com. We provide digital onboarding and customer digital channel management solutions to a wide range of verticals, including mobile operators, MVNOs, eSIM providers, and financial institutions. Please contact us at www.netzer.com if you require customer acquisition, onboarding, and management solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. And today we have a very interesting entrepreneur from San Francisco and other places. Nicholas Hinrichson and uh, Nicholas, welcome to the Good, Bad, Ugly Innovation Podcast. Hi, Pat. Thanks for having me. No, no, no it's, it's fantastic. When I learned about you, I was really fascinated to see your background. So maybe you'll just say a little bit to the listeners, you know, where you were born, your education, and and how you ended up where you are today. Sure. So I was born in Germany in Munich. Uh, my parents are from Argentina, so super international family. Uh, born and raised in Germany. I went to high school and college in Germany. I actually used to play on the golf national team in Germany. So I played golf for many years and then decided not to turn pro. Studied computer science and finance. And then my first job was a young startup that invested in renewable energy projects. Um, Headquartered in Frankfurt, Germany, but the projects were in India and China, so I traveled to Asia a lot. Well, and then but fast before, forward. Before you go on with that, everyone's going to want to know what your handicap was when you were playing golf. <laughs> it was plus two. Wow, wow, amazing. Sorry, yeah, go, ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no worries, it's important, I agree. <laughs> I, I fell in love with golf because, because of handicap, because I started out with 36, and so I was winning all these net prices, and I thought I was a really good golfer. Um, but in reality, I had just a really high handicap. And then <laughs> when it got better and better and better, I realized I'm, I'm not actually very good. I started comparing myself to the right people, and then I, I, I found a lot of the sport, really enjoy it. Well, sorry, for, then, inter- um, sorry for interrupting. Just so you were saying, you went off to India. and uh... Uh, So I spent a lot of time in Mumbai um, and in Beijing, which was really exciting for somebody in their in his early, early 20s, really, really exciting and something really adventurous. Um, I left that job and ended up, go, ended up going moving to the US to go to Stanford Business School. That was in 2011. And then when I graduated in 2013, I started a company with a good friend and classmate of ours mm-hmm. uh, in the car space. We wanted to create this 
peer-to-peer car selling platform where I would help you, Pat, sell your car to somebody else. Okay. And so we changed that model over time because we learned into a model where we would help institutions, leasing companies and rental companies, sell cars straight to consumers and take out all the middlemen. Well, so that was a pivot point in your learning. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and that's true for every startup. So every it doesn't look from the outside, but you can't see it from the outside. But every startup starts with one one conviction and one thought, and then I I call it now with a little more experience. I call it a false start, like <laughs> running, and they're like, no, 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 go back, run a different direction. But at least you gave yourself a chance to learn something. And so we found the same mm. thing, and then we ended up selling the company. Yeah, I think that's a very important point you make there because there is no shame in this. It is. A series of experiments and that's your experience as well a hundred percent yeah so that it's tricky because if you think too much about what you want to do you overthink it and you talk yourself out of starting a company and the most important thing with starting a company is to get started on something because mm-hmm. you if, if you start on something and you feel people might want to present it to customers they'll tell you why they don't want what you have but they'll also tell you what they would want if you build it yeah, And so uh, I, I find that the, the process of, we call it customer discovery, of talking to customers, presenting things, and asking questions, is, is how you iterate towards something that may actually scale really well. Okay, so that, that's pretty fascinating. Uh, I mean, that has been my own experience as well, is um, you, the idea that you came up with is really, um, particularly if you're an engineer, an engineering background, I think it's, you're fascinated with the technology and but when you go to customers, they that's not so important to them. They've got problems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is so we went through the startup accelerator called Y Combinator. Mm-hmm. It's also uh, tongue in cheek called Course Six. Course Six is the software and engineering computer science class at, at uh, MIT. And so you have all these really brilliant people who are obsessed with building interesting <laughs> technology, and then they find out nobody wants it. <laughs> and so this accelerator program forces these brilliant engineers to get out of the building and talk to customers. And and what's your your background isn't classical engineering as no, I studied school. computer science and uh, finance. So the school I went to is, is like a business school slash college, um, and and. Like one major was computer science because I was really excited about computer science and computers. I, when I was a kid, I always wanted to study engineering, and somehow I got carried away. Um, and so if I had to teach or tell myself, like the young version of myself, the lessons I would have told them: stick to engineering, learn something like real, because later on you'll get your MBA anyway, <laughs> and have a good experience, and then you learn the business lessons. Um, but yeah, I studied computer science and finance. Okay, so you have a pretty broad background, a, a balanced background, should we say, and that I think that's played into your strength as a, an entrepreneur. You've been able to look at the the business issue dispassionately. I think it's a, it's, it's a pro and a con. So I I kept myself broad for a very long time, which I actually argue that's a, a risk averse move because that just means you keep all your options open. Mm. Um, the good news about that is you're a generalist, you understand a lot of things, um, but but the bad thing is you're not good at one specific thing, um, and that could be either a subject or it could be just something you're really passionate about. My, my co-founder, for example, he studied engineering, he's obsessed with cars, and he wanted to be an engineer of a, in a Formula One team. 
Um, and so he didn't end up doing that. But what it helped him being so specialized helped him to know one subject really, really well. And so then when it came to figuring out what company to start, it made, it made a lot of sense for him to do something in the car space. Mm-hmm. And so I was more of a supporting role, um, taking care of everything else that wasn't that didn't require specialization. And so that's how the two of us are very complementary. Um, and now that I've, I've learned a lot by being in the car space myself, I consider myself a little bit of an expert in car sales or car financing, and that allows me to be genuinely an expert in the, in the next area or next space I want to go into. Okay, now that's very interesting. The the with your vast experience, I mean, there's what there's the one thing that you think stands out to that you've learned from your experience. Oh yeah, these things like startups take so much longer than you think, and it's such a humbling experience. And so, when I was a little younger, and all my friends and I, we thought about going into startups. We thought it's you do something, it'll work, and you'll sell it in three to five years. This is just not how it works. Um, first of all, if you succeed at building a company, it takes ten years. You can't do it quicker than that. And if you look at any other company, you'll find oh, actually this this ten year rule applies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it. It's just a grind and you can't do it for money. You can't go into a startup because you think you'll build a company and sell. You have to do it for other reasons. You have to have a different motivation. Otherwise, you won't be tenacious enough. Mm-hmm. And so for Chris, my co-founder, it was the car space. Like he wanted to be in the car space. And even when we had bad days, which every other day is a bad day in a startup, <laughs> what kept him motivated is that he just did what he loved. And for me, it was uh, we were working on a problem that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And so the new idea that we're working on, the new project, new company is, is in the financial wellness space where we help Americans with challenged credit improve their credit and save money. And so I feel very passionate about that because when, when I moved to the U.S. myself, I had no credit history. And if in the U.S. you don't have any credit history, you, you, can't, you can barely get a phone. And you're very disadvantaged with bad or no credit. And so I very much empathize with that and I want to help. And what's the name of your new company? Is it released it's yet? It's called Clutch. Clutch. Refinance with Clutch.com. So mm-hmm. the website will be with Clutch.com and it's a digital platform to refinance your auto loan. It's something that's more specific to the US than Europe. Because in the US, there's a very, very mature market for lending market for uh, auto loans, even if you don't have good credit. So even if, if you demonstrate in the past that you didn't make your payments. And so in the U.S., it's just the, the cars are really important here. And some people just don't have good credit or have default in credit cards because people are much more in debt here than they are in Europe. And so there's a lot of niches where people get a loan with a high interest rate. Interest rates on car loans can be as high as 29%. So it's mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. And then what you want to do is reward uh, people who make their payments by lowering their interest rate over a course of time. And that's not happening right now. Okay, so what's your business model? Do you is it do you get a fee for this or how does it work? Yeah, so intuitively, would think I'd, I'll become a lender. I'll become a I give auto loans myself, but you don't need to do that because there's a lot of institutions. There's they call it credit unions here or commercial banks that that are in the business of lending, and usually they get their customers by partnering with dealerships. And what happens is the lender that pays the dealership the highest referral fee gets the loan. And as a result, the customer is paying for it. Mm-hmm. And so that's yet another reason why you can refinance your auto loan and save money. And so what we want to do, we want to go, go straight to the customer. Thanks to technology, you can have all these online distribution channels reach the customer. 
And so what we do is it's more of a marketplace where we find loans for lenders and vice versa. We find the best bank with the lowest rates for consumers. Okay, that, that's, yeah, I can see a sort of arbitrage uh, play. So it's, that's quite clever. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's an obvious market for it too, quite a big market. Yeah, with Nicholas, with your experience, is there anything you'd advise uh, new entrepreneurs, young or old, to avoid? Is there any pitfall that you think that's very common? Um, there's a lot. So <laughs> there's actually two thoughts. Um, a, I think what I did is it, I, I was a little hesitant to start my own company for quite a while. And arguably, I started really early because I always felt there's something else I could learn that would meet, would better position me to be successful. I don't think that's true. I think you should definitely go to school and definitely graduate from, from college because it, it gives you A, a lot of confidence, B, a, a really strong network that you can rely on when you need it, and C, a really good plan B in case the business doesn't work out. But uh, I, I wouldn't think that if you go to a big company, you learn the lessons you need to succeed in a startup. And so you might as well start right away. Yeah, well, that's that's probably very good advice. It requires some courage, though, to um, do that. Maybe when you're uh, young, you don't know any better, so you just go and do it. So that's and, not... <laughs> yeah. That's actually another point. Ignorance is a bliss. So as long as you don't know better, you should do it. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, well, uh, Nicholas, you've been a fantastic speaker. Really, a very structured and thoughtful um, conversation. I really appreciate your time. And I asked you uh, before we talked if you. If you'd like to play it on a piece of music, maybe you could introduce the piece of music and why you like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm weirdly obsessed with The Lion King. Um, I think it's such a great musical. And um, I've, I've seen it four times, I think, myself. Um, and so, yeah, I love I love the, the song, The Circle of Life. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's just something that appeals to you. It's quite a piece. It's quite a well-structured uh, piece of music, too, inspiring. I think it's super inspiring. It gives me a lot of energy, and uh, yeah, my friends laugh at me because I listen to it quite a lot <laughs> in the most awkward settings. Um, um, I'm, I'm not married, but and I, I haven't shared that with a lot of people. But I was thinking about using that song as the song when I enter the church. <laughs> Brilliant! Oh, Nicholas, thank you very much for uh, talking to us. I really enjoy that. Pat, thanks for having me. Taken here, 
more to find than can ever be found. But the sun rolling high in the sapphire sky keeps great and small on the endless round. It's the circle of life. Through faith.